Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And today I have an iconic interview going down with someone that everybody knows, everybody loves. I might be setting it up a little bit, but Sean Kingston is What's in the up, building. Brother? How you feeling, man? I feel good, man. Dude, you haven't Respect. done an interview in a long time, huh? Yeah. That's crazy because like you're just you're mega famous and I'm so used to like big artists just having a million fucking interviews and yeah. it's always like oh god like I gotta pick which one I want to watch before <laughs> I do the interview or whatever but when I searched up Sean Kingston interview on YouTube it's it's, it's kind of light you know you did Breakfast Club years ago but yeah. I feel like uh, has has that been an intentional decision that you prefer to stay a little mysterious yeah yep stay exclusive um to be honest with you. I ain't been really like, I just been really focused on the album, recording music. Um, I've been writing a lot of music behind the scenes for a lot of big artists. Mm. So, I mean, that's where, I, that's where most of my time, you know, running my label time is money and all that type of stuff. So when it came to the interview side, I ain't really want to do much of it because I, I didn't feel like it was time. But now I'm about to drop my, you know, I'm dropping my, my album's done. Um, we're starting to roll out single after single. So I feel like, but I've been a, I've been a fan of the show. I definitely... Yeah, Seen you tapped in a while ago. I yeah. was wondering if you were ever actually gonna make this happen. I was fucking hyped that it actually <laughs> is, dude. I love Adam, man. You got a good, you got a good personality, good energy. So it's a blessing to be right here, man. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, when I was looking through your Instagram, uh, I was definitely like. We haven't seen a ton of Sean Kingston in recent years, but at the same time, looking at your Instagram, I'm like, this dude is definitely not living the life of someone who hasn't put out an album in eight years. The, <laughs> the finances seem like they're just fine. I mean, you know, for me, like I said, um, I, I basically choose to... See, that's why I'm glad that I'm... I'm um, that's a good question. I basically choose to take a break, you know? I was, mm. in, I was in some bad contracts. Um, see a lot of this this is a lot of times that people don't really they don't really hear this side. You know what I'm saying? Like people just try to cover this side up. But in all reality, the, the downside of the music industry is like it's political, you know, and mm. I had some bad deals that I had signed when I was younger, so I couldn't really put out I could, but it wasn't I, I wasn't excited. I wasn't happy in the situation that I was in. So mm. I told my manager, which is Juan G, like, yo, I met him years and years ago he was managing Tiger I ran into him backstage at, at Rolling Loud mm. and I was like yo I want you to manage me and he was like yeah for sure man gave me his number and um and this guy right here changed my life like really? I guess you could tell him why like how the situations you got me out of all them bad deals mm -hmm. How do you how do you go about something like that with an artist as big as him like the people who have him in bad deals probably don't want to let him out of them right Yeah what, what was interesting is Adam when I when I first started like Sean, I met Sean 10 years ago, so me and Sean... Is there, sorry, is there music playing somewhere? I think... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, y'all. Fucking sorry, boom box over yeah, here. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> it's my phone. Gotcha, gotcha, all, all good. Right, go ahead. Now, the whole thing is, 
you know, I met Sean 10 years ago, mm. just as a just as a young, talented young man doing the music. So I, I was watching him. We weren't working together then. And, you know, I looked at him bigger than, bigger than life with the music. But I never knew what was going on, in, you know, in the intricate part of his life. I just knew that there was this young cat who got a deal at 17 years old and took over the world mm. with his music. So later on, we ended up bumping each other 10 years later at Rolling Loud. And Sean approached me and kind of talked to me a little bit about what was going on in his business. And I was amazed because when he'd asked me to work with him, I was like shocked because you look at this bigger than life talent, this bigger than life songwriter, artist, performer. He said, yo, you got to work with me. So we got together maybe about three weeks, four weeks after that. And I started kind of hearing the story about what was going on. And I realized that <coughs> not only like how political the industry was, because I come from the industry, but he kind of opened up and said, yo, these are the kind of deals, these things are going on in my life. And I said, okay, we got to clean this up. Wow. And Sean gave me the opportunity to come in, because a lot of artists, you know, in hip hop and pop, sometimes the ego, people don't really let you in, and then you got a lot of gatekeepers. But it was really easy to work with Mama Kingston and work with Sean Kingston. And I got in there and just started figuring it out. The man, when, when I say Adam, the dude, like, the dude came in and just like, I think he's a secret magician because he came in and when I say he came in and clean shopped up, like the yeah. man came in and in the first two months he got me out of my deal. Uh -huh. The first two months managing me, he got me out of my deal. Yeah. And, and, and you know, the and third month he bought me a, a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar check for a hookah company in the, from yeah from the Middle East. Wow. Um, it, it, he just kept bringing different, different, different things to me. So the guys, you know what I'm saying, he, he's definitely, you know, we meet some managers, you know, they, they, a lot of them talk a lot of stuff, but they can't really do, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, this guy right here is all action, man. Like, he he changed my life, so. But, but we're, what, one thing is, too, what was, is he, Sean gave me the autonomy to come in with the right attorneys. So I brought J John Branken and Simran Singh and Devin, and he let the attorneys come in and work with me. So when we got the legal side involved, we're able to just go to work. And, you know, I got a lot of great relationships because it's all business at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. And so you look at agreements that were signed in the past, and then you say, wait a minute, this is not too favorable for the talent, the artist, and you go in there and work it out. So Sean really gave me that, uh, that, that autonomy to do that, and I did that. So now he's free and clear from all those other obligations. Free and clear, you feel me? Free got and a clear. new album, it's called Deliver, yeah. But, but the right way. And, the right way, And, and, yeah. and control <laughs> of all his masters, control of all his publishing, yep. all his ownership. Shout out to Empire, I yeah. just did a huge deal with Empire. Like, really? Huge, huge, yeah. I did not like, expect God you to say it. that, that's yeah. crazy. Damn, because yeah. we have yeah. so many like smaller artists who come in here and tell us that they fucking love Empire, but that, that's that's big. Damn. I mean, yeah. you know, I own my I own my masters, I own my publishing. Mm. You know, Gazi, that's the shout out to Gazi, shout out to Nima, man, Tina Davis. Like, they're a team that let you be, you know, you have your creative control, but you also, you know, own your majority of your music. Mm. And I feel like that's that's the part of the business where a lot of artists should be coming in right now is the independent way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you might need more of a money for marketing, but I feel like when it's all said and done, you're gonna own more of your music. So, right. and, and and that's the best. That's the, the blessing side and, of it. And one thing I gotta say about Gazi Adam, Gazi's such an entrepreneur, and Gazi is is a Bay legend, but he comes from the tech world, mm. so he understands when artists talk about the major labels. Well, who controls distribution today? The DSPs, right. Apple and Spotify and YouTube. So it's really a DSP game, mm. right? Yep. So when you got the hits and you're a hit songwriter like Sean and you know how to put a hits like that, what you need is just a little financial backing and then you go. But the good thing is now all this IP, all this publishing, all this masters, this man, time is money, own label, through Empire. So he gonna rock and he gonna be stopped now because now all you gotta do is continue to put out the hits and we go. And we're, we go. We're mm -hmm. less used to hearing that 
version of it as in like i'm a huge artist i have all this credibility people know that i can make hits but the labels basically you know have me wrapped up in deals that i don't want to be in you don't hear that as much now because the artist has way more Control. leverage in these situations mm -hmm. but like you when you sign like put us in your position like paint the picture of us where you were at when you did sign your your deals initially you probably felt like this was the only way that you were going to be able to get your career, My off, career the ground, off the right? ground right yeah. so you know, I didn't have too much, you know, I had knowledge, but not too much. You know, my mom was in prison. Mm. Um, I was homeless. So I was just signing deals and, you know, they weren't terrible, 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 but they weren't amazing deals. You know what I'm saying? So I've lived and I learned that, like I said, and God has got me out of those situations, bro. And Adam, now it's a blessing to have fucking Chris Brown on my album, Little TJ on a new album, Fabio. I have um, NBA Youngboy, Free Top, matter of fact. I got... um. All these like the albums with two C. Um every, when, no when I tell you no cap, I mean everybody, Trippy Red, like everybody's on the project. And I feel like it's 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 the Sean Kingston field that the people miss, like the old school Sean Kingston with the reggae, the Jamaican, the mm. island, the R and B, the you know what I'm saying? But it's also a new edgy hip hopness to it as well. Right. And um I feel like I feel like, yeah, man, when 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 these music comes out, people are gonna be blown away. Um I've been working on this project for a year and a half, two years. So right. So. And I feel like a lot of the a lot of artists like that who are super popular right now, you know, most artists don't get to like take eight years away from putting an album out and still have the enthusiasm from a lot of the big artists right now. So that's dope to hear that they're they're fucking with you. Yeah, like that. man, it's, it's 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 a blessing. Like when I tell you, like quarantine for me has been nonstop busyness. Like I think for real, I think if quarantine wasn't you know wasn't didn't take place, I probably would have had. You know, a dope ass album, but it would have it would have never had so much features because you mm. you gotta think about it. All the artists were were at home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know Trippy where to find Red, them, yeah. Lil TJ. You know, these are all my friends, but these guys don't gotta go to Rolling Loud. They ain't got no festivals because everything's shut down. They just gotta be in the house. So when I started playing people, you know, vibes and started sending them stuff to get on, it was like it was the easiest thing. Sway Lee, shout out to him. He's on the album. Ozuna. Ozuna, which is a you know huge Spanish um, artist, he's on the album as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, bro, it's just it's just a blessing, man. But, but I think I think Adam, another thing that Sean's not mentioning, like a lot of these artists who 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 are fans of Sean and like friends of Sean, they came when they came over to the studio in the house. The way this man writes a song, mm -hmm. like nobody saw them in an the element. All you hear is you see him on the videos, you hear him on the radio. It's different when you get in the studio with an artist that knows how to write a record right. and write a record for real. Like mm -hmm. ain't no ghostwriter in the room, mm -hmm. right? right? So, so tell us about the early days of you even being interested in music and, and how you became creative and how you eventually built up this buzz that got you signed and you became a fucking household name like overnight. So, so basically, um, I've been doing music since I was seven years old. Seven. Wow. Yeah, my grandfather is Jack Ruby. He's he was one of Bob Marley's producers in the seventies. Mm -hmm. um, you can look him up. His name is Jack Ruby. So it's always been in my background in my family that music is. You know what I'm saying? Reggae music is is a huge part of you know how I was raised up. But what what really took me to the top was when my mom got sentenced to ten years in prison. Right. I kind of was on my own. When and how old were you? Fifteen. <clears throat> I was fourteen. Okay. And so, what did she get caught up for? She got caught up for, she was basically doing, a, you know, tax evasion, fraud, um, drug trafficking. Uh -huh. um, and I think that was it. That's not, yeah. Wow. Okay. And so, so then what happens in, to so you after that? I was by myself because I, I only been around my dad like three times, right? So I don't really have a crazy relationship with him. So when my mom left, it was like, it was, I was on my own, you know, and mm. it made me, it forced me to become a man early and to get on my job. And I always said to myself that when my mom get out of jail, like, I'm gonna be picking her up in her dream car. Like, I knew in my head that 
you know, 10 years is a long time for me to get this shit together. But I knew when she got out that I was going. So I started going crazy. I started hustling hard. I came to L.A. with $300 in my pocket. Wow. Um, yeah, you know, that's that's that 300 like was only last like two days. You know what, <laughs> what, what year are we talking? That you We're came talking to LA? 2006, 2005. OK, so early, early MySpace era, because a lot oh, yeah. a lot of people say that about you. Like no, Sean Kingston came I up with MySpace. MySpace. Right. That's what, I was, that's what I was getting into. So basically, um, 2006, I was just homeless. You know what I'm saying? Out here figuring it out, bouncing from my aunt Sharonda's house to some family members, friends that we knew, which is Leslie. He was a Haitian guy that was dating my mom back in the day. He lived out here in Burbank, so I was staying at his house between Aunt Sharonda and his spot. I was going back and forth, back and forth out here. And um, I just, I just, yeah, I just, I, I seen, I, I seen, I, you, I, I figured out how to work the internet because MySpace, I started blowing up on the charts. You know, I remember they used to have the indie charts. Yeah. So my song started, like, I think two songs started taking off on the indie chart or whatever like that. And, I just started hitting up people, like, you know, sending my music to them. So I hit up Timbaland. I remember hitting up Lil John, Pharrell. I'm hustling. I'm sending, like, 400 messages a day, like, copy and pasting messages, just being on the grind. And one day I get home, and I open my, my inbox, and I see J.R. Odom in my inbox. I'm like, what? Hmm. J.R. Odom, he's like, yeah, you know, we got your email. You're persistent. We love it. Send us some more music. So I sent them some more music, and they were like, yo, we love your sound, but... You know, we want to we want to vibe with you, but we don't know. If, you know, we don't have no budget right now to fly you from Miami to LA. I'm like, no, I'm in Burbank right now, and like, I'm like, I'm in Burbank. It's perfect. Like, I'm here. And like, yo, let's go. So I linked up with them, and then the rest was history. Like wow. the first day I got there, they started singing me. They started hearing me, see, you know, melodies, me rapping, freestyling, and they say, yo, we want to sign you. And that was your first time in a real studio. First time in a real studio. Wow. And were you were you just taken aback by how how much better your shit sounded yeah, recording and there and everything? It was just it was just on from there. Like I seen the professional. I, I was you got to think about it. That time, Gerald was you know killing it. He mm. had if I was your best friend for Fifty Cent. He had SOS for Rihanna. He had um, Push It to the limit by Rick Ross. He had all these big hits. So he basically was kind of like, I was kind of like his protege, just making, you know, soaking up all the energy and just learning and taking it day by day. And right. Who were you studying on a musical level? Because you seem like the kind of guy who was really like soaking up the yeah, game and like, but, but it was life or death for you, right? No, it definitely was. Um, because like I said, my mom was locked up. Mm. Um, I was homeless. So it was either like I was going to get a job, which I was yeah, I'm sure close to getting a job, but I just knew for a fact that my music would work. So I'm like, forget a job right now. Like I gotta try going full, full, full speed at this, and I did, you know. And and that's why I, that's why I try to even when I'm doing interviews now, I try yeah. to make sure that you know I, I inspire the kids and let them know like, no matter what you're going through, how you're going through it, like you can make a way. You know, you just gotta really just focus, get on your grind, and you know, be tunnel vision. And then you know, like I tell people all the time, if you keep going at it, man, something positive gonna happen. Definitely. In terms of artists, who were you looking at that time? Akon. Mm. You know, Akon was a huge king to me, still is. That makes sense. T-Pain. Um, uh, it was so funny because a lot of people don't know this. Drake was, uh, Drake, this is crazy. Like, Drake was Drake was hitting up because I was around Jazz Prince and a lot of the rap a lot of people earlier. So mm -hmm. I never, since you add him, I got to let you know. Like, no, this is crazy right Rare here. Nobody exclusives. never knew Drake hit Jazz up back in the day. Like, yo, I want to sign with Sean Kingston. Mm. And I'm just like, Drake, so I heard Replacement Girl, and I heard, I'm hearing all this early Drake. I'm like, oh, this, this guy's a star, mm. right? And then they came, they were like, oh, I, I think they said they wanted, like, he wanted, like, 200000 and a Maybach and something like that. But I had just signed. Mm. You feel me? So I was like, damn, I don't know if I got 200000 right now, <laughs> but I want to sign this guy, like, and he ended up being Drake. 
but it's that shit crazy. So it's like that's a, that was a whole other thing too. Like to see all these people was just crazy. hitting me up trying to. It was crazy, bro. Once beautiful girls started taking off, it was just like it was over. That paints the picture of of where the world was at at that time because we've been in the Drake era for like ten plus years. Mm-hmm. So like to, the fact that you were just starting pre Drake, that's pretty crazy. Just yeah. starting beautiful girls came out. Yep, and it was just building up and. I have like it was crazy, bro. But okay, were you going when when I think of you, I think of you as being somebody who seems like a real master songwriter. Was that your intention? Were you studying somebody like Akon who was clearly making hits? Like, wh- where was your mind at? And do you think you gravitated towards making those hits because you knew that that was going to be the shit that got you out of your financial situation? Yep, yep. I knew for a fact that I was coming with a new sound. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mm. And what I did, and that's why I tell people who's making music now, it's like I can find a lot of talented people. There's so many rap, there's so many talented people out there, but what's gonna separate you from from the rest is having your own sound. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like the first 10 seconds a song come on, somebody gotta be able to identify whether it's an ad lib, whether it's a, you know what I'm saying? It's mm. something that they gotta be able to under, you know, identify you. And once you got that sound created, I feel like everything's gonna fall into place after that. So I was really, you know, I was just studying the market and I was just <laughs> like, wow, Akon got T Pain, the convict music. I'm like, man, I got to start my label. So I came up with Time is Money. And, um, and I signed. You started I, that even before you really got your yeah. career off the ground? Okay. Yep. So the first artist I signed was Ayaz. Um, he, had a, he, had, he had a couple hits out. Shawty's like a melody. And my, that was my artist, oh, Ayaz. Okay. I wrote that song. Wow, really? Yep. He, signed, he, signed, he was signed to me. You can look it up right now. Ayaz, I-Y-A-Z, right? That was number one in the world. Then I turned around and signed Tory Lanez. Oh, my God. I forgot about that, too. Holy <laughs> shit. So I signed Tory Lanez and it was just it was just crazy, bro. Like I was just living a life. I had two amazing artists. I was, you know, touring all the way, you know, with Justin Bieber, all that, and you know what I'm saying? Who like, you had a video with when he looked like he was yet to even begin puberty. He was so fucking young when that video with you is crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, bro. Like this dude was 15, 16 years old. Right. And I seen it right away. Damn. Seeing his YouTube, he probably had what seven hundred views, eight hundred views. Right. I DM'd him instantly, like, "Yo, I'm coming to Canada on a Bieber tour. I want to sign you." And normally, the mm. the art, dope artists are not always dope A and R's. You know, like a lot of big times, facts. like a, a big artist will like sign a bunch of artists and they never and they go never anywhere. Really go no effects. You yo. sound like you have a pretty crazy track record no, of just being I, able to spot shit man, early. Yeah, think about it, Travis Scott. All these people, like. Like how Soldier was saying, like I think Soldier Boy mentioned a couple times how a lot of people was on his couch. But if you really, really check the records, if they wasn't on Soldier Boy couch, they was on my couch. Like a lot of artists came through me. Mm. I just was never like you know the type of dude to be like, yo, you know, throw it in people's faces. I'm a humble dude. So when I do stuff for people, I do it out my heart. I don't do it to get no clout, no recognition. Mm-hmm. I don't do it for none of that. But a lot of artists came through me. You know, Travis Scott, a lot of them. When when you first got in the studio with Jr., how long was it before you landed on Beautiful Girls, or was that something you already had? No, I I started I, I had Beautiful Girls probably like I say a month and a half, two months in. Okay, we created that together. Right. I basically went to Jr. Studio one day, and on the way there, I took a cab, and the cab they were playing um, Benny King "Stand by Me," 
And I was one like, of my Yo. favorite songs ever, and I never realized it was the <laughs> sample from Beautiful Girls until I was yeah, getting ready for this interview. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Benny King Stand By Me. And I was like in my head while while I was in the cab. I'm like, hmm. I wonder if anybody sampled this already. Mm. Then I started looking on YouTube, looking in Google. I'm like, wow, nobody sampled this? Well, we're going to do this today. So I pulled up to the studio, told JR, like, yo, JR, we got to flip this. He's like, let me hear it. I'm like, Betty King, stand by me. And that was it. And you wrote all the all the lyrics and yep. everything. Yep. Where were you at in your mind at that point? Was there I any was... particular girl that was tormenting you <laughs> in your brain? No, nah, I mean, of course I had some, you know, some puppy love and situations mm. that was going on. But I just was really writing it off of, you know, like, I'm a type of person, like, I could kind of, like, like what everything that my mom was going through, everything that I see growing up, everything like I'm one of those type of people. Like I could put myself on, I, I could build storylines. You know what I'm saying? I'm good with stories. So with, with with beautiful girl, it was just basically like a you know a, a concept idea. Like you know, it's like damn, we we want, we want all the beautiful girls, but all the beautiful girls come with the most problems. <laughs> this is a story that I can definitely relate to. Yes. <laughs> A lot of the, the most beautiful girls I've ever met in my entire life are also like the most deranged because they're mm -hmm. just used to being able to get away with murder. Because they're beautiful. Because so guys won't check won't them. Won't check them. Yep. And so you see it all the time that they kind of end up like incapable of dealing with situations in life because they're used to fucking some guy just dashing just like, okay, in and helping cool, them out. Cool, yeah. yep. And we've all been part of the problem. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. For, for real. For sure. <laughs> Definitely. For sure. So, okay, talk about your life changing there, though. Like, did your, did your life not really begin to change until you landed on that song? Um, no, it, it changed a little bit before that because when he signed me, he gave me a hundred thousand. Oh, okay. So you gotta think about it. A hundred thousand for like must have felt like ten I'm million. From I'm from the trenches. Hundred thousand mm. to me was like a, you know a million dollars. Right. Probably even more. So I was really excited. So I was living, um, you know, comfortably, little comfortably. Once he gave me that. Right. And then, like I told you, two two months in, we came up with that song and. Everybody in the studio knew that that was a smash. You're like, yo, that's the first single. Right, like out the gate. That's one, the that, gate. undeniable. Undeniable. You hear it one time, you know what it you is. You know what it is. Yep. Yeah. So it was like, okay, this is the first single, and we just took it from there. And I mean, it's crazy because very rarely do you hear a song that is so big instantaneously that like literally every person that I said I'm interviewing Sean Kingston today either started singing that song, started fucking talking about how much that song meant to him when they first heard it. Like it's really very, very rare that a song could have that Man, big of an impact on that many people. It's crazy, bro. Like I still get messages today like... You're my childhood nostalgia. I just wanna like I get. I just wanna uh, you drop. I just wanna cruise with top down with listen to all Sean Kingston. I'm like I'm getting all these messages. I'm like wow. You feel me? Like from Take You There to Dirty Love with Nicki Minaj, all the hits like Justin Bieber with uh, Eenie Meenie with Justin Bieber, all those records like people remember growing up to him and that was a you know that was an amazing time in their life. So yeah. a lot of people be DM me a lot of. I'll be like yeah, that's dope. You know. Damn. So okay, the album comes out. And or was the single out before the album? Single out was before the album. And I mean, I just imagine the shit started changing very, very rapidly for you. Man, I'm talking about three shows in one day. Mm. I'm like, what? <laughs> Twenty thousand a show. I'm like, Ooh. yo, you know what I'm saying? You I'm get doing. It. You get I, I started. You know, I knew I made it when I did a bar mitzvah with Bon Jovi. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I did a bar mitzvah. I swear, I did a bar mitzvah in Hampton, New York, with Bon Jovi, the whole group. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. I'm lit. Right. Holy shit. That must have been pretty surreal given where you were at even just like a year or two before that, huh? Bex. Wow. Bex. Do you feel like, did you let the fame get to you? Did you like get out of control with it? Did you did you start indulging a little too yeah, much? I, like, I, yeah, I'm not going to lie. You know, I lost my way because I was around people. You got to think about it. I had so much yes people around me. Mm. Um, you know, I, I had like, you know, I was chilling with the wrong people. It's just, it's just a lot of stuff happened that, 
you know what I'm saying, that 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 I made some, you know, bad decisions, you know what I mean? Like I came out here, I started not, you know, not drinking lean, but like basically yeah, drinking lean. It's <laughs> <laughs> awful lot of drops, I try to make it. Like, you feel me? Just getting in the wrong stuff and the wrong crowd and kind of lost my way a little bit. Mm. Thank God I didn't go too deep in it, but it was kind of like a situation where it was just like, you know, I was just going through this de- depressed moment for a little bit because, like I said, those contracts started, you know, getting shittier. But, and I'm just like, damn, I can't put out music. Or, did like Bieber get to, you into lean or did you get Bieber into lean? Um, shit, I don't even know. I think he got, I don't even know how he got into it, shit. How was it sipping with him, though? That must have been fun. Man, that was legendary. That was legendary. (laughs) That was legendary for sure. But I was just like, damn, Bieber, you messed up activists. Like, right. I love you. So you're on board (laughs) with that theory that he's the one who got it banned? I think so. Oh, my God. It's official now. (laughs) You remember how much we were paying for a pint at the time? Um, 600, 500. Dear God. <laughs> Two hundred line for walk now. Like, yo, That's a mean, little, the, man, I look at them nigga, I be like, what? Like, <laughs> nigga, this shit, the best shit, which is activist, was five hundred, six hundred. I'm like, what's going on now? Right, I get too much EDD money, man. That's crazy though. Changed the whole shit. You guys were young as fuck and just living that young pop star life. Do you feel like you you didn't have enough? Voices who are sort of leading you in the right direction and, and giving you the game and telling you to be careful and move yeah, slow. Yeah, like like how Wanji like came into my life. Nah, I just had people looking at me as a dollar sign and mm. you know just try to milk milk the situation. Damn. I ain't never really had no father father figure, so you gotta think about it. Like my mom gone and people just coming in and out of my life. It was just you know. Right. Yeah. So did you you actually ended up picking your mom up in her dream car? Oh yeah, for sure. How was that experience? That was amazing. That was a red on. Uh, uh, she her dream car was a. A red Continental GT mm. with tan seats. Right. And I picked her up in a red Continental GT. She had the car for like two and a, two and a half years. I'm like, Mom, I'm going to sell this car. You do not drive this shit. Like, <laughs> she started collecting dust in the garage. I'm like, right, cool. She's she not a driver? Go, I mean, she go to the beach here and there and little stuff, but she wasn't really whipping that shit. Like, right. You know? So were you having to, like, explain to your mom over the phone what was happening in your life she must have been pretty astounded she was but she was also worrying about her commissary too <laughs> like all oh, that shit sound good but you know i need some money on my books i'm like mom don't worry like i'm really actually you know becoming a big artist right she's like we'll see not not on like you know but like just you know not she believed in me but for, for sure she believed in me she was just like everything just sounded surreal at the moment yeah and mm-hmm. she started seeing like oh wow like He's on Jimmy Kimmel. He's right. on Today's Show. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because there must have been a point where it spilled over and all of a sudden she's just seeing you on TV oh, and it's yeah. like, oh, okay, he's not just saying this. Oh, this nah, is real. Yeah. Like, man, man, they started treating her like Beyonce in, in, in jail. They was running behind her. She was getting free meals, extra stuff. She was getting all type of... They was like uh, her bringing scarves, all type of shit. It was just... They was, they was flooding her. Wow. That's amazing. So, okay... You would characterize the next few years of your life as just being on tour and, and just basically living this life, or, or how, how was how did the next couple of years play out of your life? It was just touring, and you know, like I was, you wouldn't believe it, Adam. Like for a dude, like before Corona, I missed out on two point one million dollars worth of shows oh, with wow. no new music out. Why is that? Because I guess not. Just, just, the, no, no, the why, pandemic. Why did you miss out? Oh, before. You no, know, right before the pandemic came, I had two point oh, one million dollars worth of shows booked already. So you are already ready to do a big return to the, yeah. to the live scene, yep. okay? And then the pandemic came, and I was like, shit. But he, but 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 Adam, he he contour, he tours like that consistently every year without, like, like the music is so infectious that like even if he didn't put out a record, he would still tour for seven eight million dollars a year. Mm. 
Yeah, because I mean, when you have a catalog like the one that you have, I mean, there's all kinds of different you know there's radio festivals there's sort of like overall yeah. music festivals Fence. like you could fit into a million different like you could man, you could probably be on a big rolling loud spot man, I was you know doing so much adam you wouldn't even believe it bro like i had so much that we had we had to start sending deposits back i'm like Crazy. damn this chrome shit really you know what i'm saying and they boom god bless me started you know opening this guy doors to let wanji come in and you know bring shit back to life that's teamwork <laughs> yeah. though but, but that's what happens when you have a great partner. Like the partnership is clear because I don't tell Sean what to do. Right. Sean's his own boss, his own man. I give him advice and then we look at that advice and say, okay, what do we think about that advice? So the Shout out to Caesar too, yeah, man. Caesar, what's up, bro? Caesar, you gotta come in the camera a little bit, man. You got to. This dude right here is the dude that records all my music. Oh, okay. He's the engineer. He's the producer. He's this guy right here is a legend. You know what I'm saying? Gotta like, keep a good engineer. I found him. Yeah, when I say this guy's a genius, genius, like I found him through a mutual friend, and ever since then we've been we've been glued together. Like I got, I don't if it, if he ain't in the session, I ain't recording. Mm. Like yeah. it's it's like this, it's literally just like that. So I want to thank him because let the world know this guy right here is an amazing engineer, and all the music you about to hear, everything is mixed and and, and mastered, all that shit by by Caesar. So crazy, well, shout out to Caesar. Hey, so okay, early on though, you're talking about how you're partying and everything. Did you? lose your way in a sense like did you stop kind of having that enthusiasm for recording and everything for sure i was yeah. depressed adam mm. i just told you i was i was i was like <laughs> i was going through it man i didn't want to because you gotta think about it i'm in the house and i'm looking at people saying i fell off but i'm like how the hell i fell off when i'm writing hits for your favorite artists and i'm living in a six million dollar house but it's just they you know out of sight out of mind they're not seeing me they not know what i'm doing and mm. it kind of gets to you after a while you know you're reading all this shit like damn then you know lawsuits coming in play jewelry lawsuits and this this that you like what the hell man you like damn and then like i said i went through all those trials and tribulations to make me a better person who i am today you know i felt like i, I went through what i went through for 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 a special reason you know mm. now i got a testimony i could tell i could inspire new artists and show them the way and let them know you don't got to get all that jewelry yeah. you don't got to get all that invest in some property you buy some said real with estate. a fucking brick on your finger right there oh yeah but these shit's from these shit's from <laughs> six like five years ago Boy, I, ain't buy, yeah. I ain't been buying none I, i've been investing this guy right here got 80 buildings i got six you know with this dude he that's what i say like that's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, he the type of dude to come in. He don't even let. He like the typical managers was going. On, okay, you focus on music. I'm gonna get percentage off your shows. Mm -hmm. We go. You feel me? I'm gonna get and cool. No, this guy's like yo, Sean. Aside from music, I want you to set yourself up. You've been through too much. You've been doing too much splurging. You don't been. You don't see where that got you. You don't see where I need you to invest. Mm. And I need you to go. I'm like, all right, Juan, let's do it. But, but there's but there's so many other strategic partnerships out there where people want to work with Sean. Mm -hmm. It's not hard these right? days. If you're a big musician, well, there's a million different ways that you can my, capitalize my, on my that. My right? work is easy, to be really honest with you. He makes it easy for yeah, me. Yeah. So him and his partner Hunter, you know, they got shout out to Hunter. They got a crazy situation going on, and the guy basically just is like, yo, Sean. I want you to go little by little, but I want you to, you know, and I started doing that. I started doing Airbnb properties and moved on to lease to, to you know. Long-term wealth. Long-term wealth. Sean has to focus today on long-term wealth, which that's what you're doing. And I think that that's the bigger part for his fans and the young people that look up to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the music is great. That's the foundation. The hits are the foundation. The touring is the foundation. What is he going to do? What is he doing 20 years from today, right? Mm -hmm. Where is Sean Kingston 20 years from today? And that's that, that's a wealthy real estate mogul. And and being a pop star and like being constantly present at every awards show and being on everybody's records and stuff like that, and then 
just making a lot of money and being happy, these are two very different things that don't different always things. overlap, right? Facts. They don't. Because when you, if you want to, like, had chosen to keep putting yourself out there constantly year after year, you know, it's like yeah, it's, people are going to have the perception, oh, Sean's, Sean's doing great. I see him everywhere, yada, yada. But then meanwhile, that might not be great for your mental health and it might not be great for what you want to be doing with your time you know like when you talk about being in the studio writing for people well you could get a big chunk of the money off of that record right there and not ever have to tour it's a very very different experience right yep Mm. and that's what it was with me you know i was writing a lot of stuff for chris brown i did the mosey record you know um um with him him french montana the migos i helped out the ao record with tiger like you know i was i was i was definitely there for chris brown you know behind the scenes writing a lot of stuff and um, for a lot of other artists as well, you know, um, and I felt like this this is where it really, 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 really came to the point where it's just like, I, I, I want to come back out. Like, I want my fans to hear the new Sean Kingston, the older Sean Kingston, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's time again, and I feel like, you know, nothing beats itself. Like, right now, it's, it's we got a lot of stuff planned, and I'm excited. Because there must have been a time where you kind of felt a little overexposed and where being super famous didn't feel as fun, and then all of a sudden being a little bit more anonymous and just being in the studio made you happy. But then once you've had enough of that, you start to feel like, damn, like I, I kind of miss having that relationship with the fans and really being on stage. Well, I guess you're on stage all the time regardless, but, you know, putting yourself out there and saying what you want to say on records and all that is, is something that maybe you wanted to – taste again at a certain point yeah mm. and i wanted to go out there and do it and i feel like you know i got him by my side shout out to one g 444 management bethany i got empire like i said shout out to gazi nima and tina davis happy the a r which i got a beautiful happy uh i got a beautiful a r his name is happy the dude is dope so it's like we got a whole team and i feel like you know that's together everybody achieve more and I, and, and that's what we on right now so and I, and I really feel like Adam earlier in his career he was doing all the lifting right right so when you're carrying the entire team you get tired as a player mm. you feel me so we we have to put we've made a decision as a team to let him be the star and the owner but let's support <coughs> him let's carry him because he was carrying everyone right spending millions of dollars helping everybody out do, giving a lot of people jobs that wasn't sometimes doing what they were supposed to be doing. Mm. So it's about, about I think it's getting fun for Sean now because now he's able to look at his organizational chart and look at his team and he could pick up the phone at any given time. This is what we're doing for you. Do you approve it? This is what you're going to do. Do you approve it? And I think that is what's giving you this clarity, Sean, today to be even greater than you were back then. I really, I truly don't, don't believe his career started yet. Mm. I think the world is yet to see what's going to happen with Sean Kingston. Right. I think this chapter is is everything else he was just doing was just laying the foundation. Now he's building the building. That's interesting because I mean when you look at a lot of people like who, you know, Michael Jackson, a prince, it's like, you know, when they were your age, they were they were just getting started in a lot of ways, you know, you you're not like some you just experienced a bunch of success early on and that's definitely the right attitude to have. Yep, and I'm excited, man. Like I said, I'm a godly, I'm a godly person, you know, um, and you know, I definitely understood where what it takes to, you know, what I'm saying, understood what it takes to get back, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's just hard work, determination, and and hunger, you know. I'm, I'm in the studio till eight o'clock in the morning every night, like just. 
coming up with different concepts, different melodies, ideas. It's like just, just, just hungry for this again, you know. That that time in the studio is that when you feel like you're the most happy because yeah, I mean, I, if, if you're gonna stay up to eight in the morning, I would assume. But you know, how much does that mean to you? Yo, when I tell you, so I'm a, like, I love the studio. I love it. Like I could just live in there all day. Really? And do you prefer to be in there? alone working on your stuff or you prefer yeah, to be like in there with a bunch yeah, of people no, i don't or? like a crowd of people really huh. it's a little too distracting too for you to di- focus I like, I like on to it just be vibing just me the engineer maybe one person so even when it. you're making stuff for other people you'd prefer to just sort of make reference tracks and then show them to people rather than recording right in no, front of them? or if they're there like you know chris or whatever i try not to make it too too crowded right. just so i can really go on and focus and you know what i mean get get my element mm-hmm. when you you mentioned uh these jewelry lawsuits that you're dealing with and stuff at a certain point did you really just start to feel like you were a fucking punching bag for the media? And, yeah. and was that stressful? And did that take a lot of the fun out of being a, a pop star? Sure, it did, you know. And, you know, like a lot of people, you know, with, with, with the media, it just sucks because the fans believe what they read. Mm. You know, um, a headline could come out and that shit don't really mean nothing. You know what I'm saying? But they just TMZ are worded a certain way and, you know, headline in a certain way so they can get traffic. Mm-hmm. It's all clickbait, right? So... TMT will put an article out, and it's like, damn, by the time you, you're just looking at that, you're like, oh, whoa, Sean Kingston mm-hmm. did what? And then you'll read into it, and it'll be like, oh, he just got, and it's just like, it's it just like you said, I felt like I was a punching bag, man. I just felt mm-hmm. like every, it was something every, it was like, damn, damn, like, I can't catch a break, and I'm like such a great, you know, humble person. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I had people around me that was making wrong decisions and being a yes man and not really, like I said, just moving fast. And I felt like, but guess what, though? You know what? All my I'm I'm all cleared up. You know what I'm saying? I don't owe nobody no jewelry. No, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I got a t- I, like I said, I did four point two million dollar deal with Empire. You know what I mean? And I'm blessed. And, <laughs> and, and another swear. thing too, when we talk about like, and as soon as I got that, I, I started clearing up all this because yeah. I ain't I ain't want no no karma. I don't, I don't I believe in karma. And I believe in yeah. doing. You feel me? So I made sure the first thing I did was just clear up a lot of the stuff that I needed to. You know? And when you mm-hmm. looked so at and when, when you looked music. at that stuff, it was like. A lot of jewelers, you know how they finesse. They try to finesse the artists a lot. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And that's the stories that nobody talks about. Nobody about. talks about a that. Nobody talks about why. Yeah, I stopped paying for the jewelry because I was I was getting I was buying three hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff, and I come to come to realize a majority of the shit is Mosinite. You know what I'm saying? Or CVD Lab Diamonds. It wasn't even like a lot of you know what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. you not know you, you being young, you just buying shit. You not you not even really of course. You know what I'm saying? Like. That's why I try to talk to the younger generation now. Like, don't look at the bling. Because when you go into jewelry shops, they got all type of lights that's going to make that motherfucker hit crazy. You're going to be like, oh, I got a crazy piece. By the time you bring that shit home, you're like, what is this? Is this the same shit? Like, motherfuckers don't. So you got to really just get involved in your diamonds. You know, F color, G color, VVS, SIs. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to know. You know what I mean? Like, what you getting. Who's, did you ever have that moment where you're in the studio and you got all your jewelry on and you feel like you're the flyest motherfucker on earth and then... You got somebody who's a little deeper in the game, and they sort of were like, "Hey, uh, I don't know about that. It's not might might not be what you think it is." Facts. Ooh. I definitely. <laughs> Anybody in particular? Tell us who who, who told uh, you. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be able to say one off the top, but mm. I definitely been in the room with you know some celebrities over here, like Yo Sean. Like that's a hard ass tennis chain, but. You know, you might got some SI stones in there, and I'm mm. like, "What? SI? I pay 65 bands for this." But then you know. You got you got then you know you do your investigation, and it is SI. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's just like you you buy shit just 
you know. So I kind of got fed up with a lot of jewelers. Not a lot, just the three main jewelers that I was messing with. Because out of the three, only one of them that was only doing right. And that's mm-hmm. why I stick with him to today. And that's Peter Marco. Okay. He do all my stuff. Shout out to Peter Marco. He do all my stuff now. Because I feel comfortable with him. Like, I know what I'm getting. Every time I buy something, you get your certification right there. It says everything on there. It's basically like a contract. So, you know, he can get his ass sued mm. if everything on there is, you know what I'm saying? So I kind of just deal with him. And I'm, when I'm getting stuff. But I, like I said, I haven't bought no stuff in like, I'll say two, three years. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Right. Do you feel like... Like, did you ever make financial decisions that really put your financial situation in uh, in jeopardy at a certain point? Because a lot of people, when they, you know, they come in the game, they get the they get the big advance, and they just fucking run through it so fast. Did you ever have like real money issues like that, or was it? Because I feel like you probably brought in so much money throughout the career that you could afford to make a lot of bad decisions. Yeah, it was not. It definitely was never. When I was on TMZ, I was on TMZ, but I was in an eight million dollar house. Or you know what I'm saying? It was or whatever. It was never. It was never that. Right. Definitely. So, do we fast forward a little bit to the jet ski incident? Because I feel like that was like another just like massive moment where everybody just kind of stopped and, and you were just like 100% what everybody was talking about all of a sudden. Yeah, crash. I basically was, you know, I had a house on Star Island. So I basically, um, you know, I always used to ride my jet ski like around 2, 3 o'clock. But this day, it was a Saturday, I'll never forget. And um, I wanted to go a little, you know, on the other side of the water. So I was going 75 miles per hour. And as I got close, you know, jet ski doesn't have any brakes. So as I got close, I saw, I tried to, you know, try to slow down because I knew I couldn't make it under because the tide got high. Mm. It looked like I could have made, like I, like I could have went under. But as I got close to it, I started noticing that the tide, you know, it was, it was rising up. So I started going 75 miles per hour like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then... um I hit the bridge, you know, I hit a bridge and and I tore my aorta, which mm. is the tube that connects to your heart. Wow. Yeah. So And so, okay, how did you get rescued at that point? Or like like They sky left me. They had to. Wow. And so how long were you out there before they realized you were out there though? I was out there for like ten minutes. Ten like ten to fifteen minutes. And is your life pretty much flashing before your eyes? Yeah, my lungs was crushed, uh, blood coming out of everywhere, um, splitting up blood, um, all type of stuff. Holy shit. How long was it before you? So I mean, you must have been out. It for, was a, yeah, I was out for like an hour and a half, probably like an hour. But the blessings of when I got knocked out, unconscious, I was just floating. An ex Coast Guard, an ex Coast Guard who just yeah. happened to be, it was a miracle. You know, this guy was an ex Coast Guard, but just happened to be going the wrong way. And he was about to make a U turn. And as he's making a U turn, he sees, you know, people, you know, calling for help. That was in the area where, you know what I'm saying? Because they knew they, they seen me face down. They seen all the blood. They seen everything. So he jumped in and brought me up, tried to do CPR and, you know, shit like that was coming around. All up, you know, blood kept coming up and they sky lifted me. That's when, the, you know, the helicopter came. They brought me to Jackson Memorial Hospital and, you know, God took me, God took it from there. That really occurs to me yeah. that, like, <laughs> we're very lucky to even be having this conversation yeah. with you yeah. right now. I'm kind of, in my mind, I'm like picturing... The other version of this where it's like, damn, Sean Kingston's almost been gone for 10 years. I mean, that, that must have, 
once you were done healing and stuff, did that kind of give you a different lease on life? Like realize how, how close you came to losing it all? Yeah, facts. It made me thankful. Um, it made me just, you know, like now it's just like I'm very more cautious, you know. Mm. When I'm doing something, I'm not rushing and doing it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really, you know, seeing if this is what I want to do. Right. And, um, yeah, pretty much. How long were you in the hospital before you started to get to a point where you could have a somewhat normal day? I was in critical condition for like two months. I see you. Wow. And uh, how long did it take before you could sort of like live a full day without having to necessarily have this be a huge part of your day? Uh, a couple months. Right. Three months. I started doing, um, you know, all the guys, the therapy people started coming over. And I started doing therapy and, you know, getting my, my body right, getting my hands, like making sure all the, you know, because a lot of, all my left side, all this was crushed right here. So I had to learn how to, you know, get everything back moving again. Holy fuck. That's insane. I can't believe you made it through that. It was pretty, yeah, man. pretty God amazing. Is, God is, it's a, bro, it's a blessing. It's crazy. Definitely. Wow. That's incredible. Um, Talk about your relationship with Soldier Boy. You were talking about how people were sleeping on you guys' couches and stuff. Are you guys still close? Like, how, how do you feel yeah, about Yeah, for sure, man. That's one of my closest friends. Like, we talk every other day. We might not talk daily, 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 but the week ain't gonna, the week ain't gonna pass if I don't hear from him. Like, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, that's my boy, man. You, you gotta think about it. We both came out 2007. Yeah. Um, you know, the summertime. You know, I came out July. I think he came out like a month before me. Um, however, or I was a month before him, but... We basically was always, but because we were, you know, same time, same era, you know. Yeah. So all the shows used to be me and Soldier. A lot of the tours was me and Soldier. Right. So he's somebody else who's kind of had a, and kind of became like a media punching bag at a certain point where they they basically just decided that they wanted to, you know, give him a hard time every day on the internet. And I mean, he kind of played into it. That Breakfast Club interview, like when you were watching that, what was going through your head? Man, I was just like, yo, this guy's crazy, man. <laughs> but is he Dre crazy? Tiger. I'm like, yo, this dude is ridiculous. Is but he, he crazy or is he a marketing genius? He's both. Mm. He's both. He's crazy, <laughs> but he's a marketing genius at the same time. <laughs> right. Only reason why I say he's crazy because Soldier gonna act on whatever. If he feeling it right then, then he gonna let you know. Right. He ain't gonna be like, all right, man, this is Adam. 22, I gotta be politically correct. He's gonna come on this shit and say, man, this nigga over there, man. I got a hundred shot, I got a hundred shots, man. I got man, man, man. nigga pull up, nigga's up. Yeah. Like, like, like soldier, come on, let's let's try to defuse the issue. Like, let's not go straight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. I love that dude though. That's my boy, man. Yeah, I mean, he he did a no jumper interview, like uh maybe like six months before he did that Breakfast Club interview, and he gave me like a pretty a pretty like stable. I see he fell normal. asleep on you, man. Did he fall asleep? <laughs> I think it was an interview. He was like, he was falling asleep and you caught him. I think, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, definitely could have happened. But I mean, I feel like th that he gave us a pretty like normal interview and then he went into Breakfast Club and I was like, oh, this is the marketing genius version of him that went in there with a bunch of like wild ass shit sort of in his mind that he was going to say to capture everybody's attention, which he's just like, when he wants to, He's so good at making everybody obsessively pay attention to what he has going yeah. on. But we've seen like a very different version of the past few years where he's not doing interviews, he's doing his Twitch shit, he's, and he has a hit right now. Mm -hmm. But I mean, he, he, he just seems like he kind of maybe had some of the same realization that you had, which is that, you know, maybe I'll enjoy my life a little bit more if I'm a little bit more low key and not always putting myself out so there in the media. There, I used to always tell him that. I said, like, soldier, not everything you got to put out there. Like, you want to have a private life. I understand that you came up off YouTube and your your version of it is vlogging and really getting close to your fans and really bringing them in. But it was a lot of stuff that didn't need to be said. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. a lot of beefs and a lot of stuff like that. But, you know, everybody was young. You got to think about it, man. You give a million dollars, you give, you know, eight, nine million dollars to a kid that's, you know, what, 
16, I mean, come on, bro. Like, what? I mean, you know, it's all come with a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, people don't, people don't think about that side of it. People just look like, oh, this nigga's an asshole. He's this, he's this, that. But it's just like, man, you got to think about it, bro. Like, we're still young, mm-hmm. but we're young with a lot of money. And people think your life is you know? supposed to be easier because you have a lot of because money. Because you have a lot of money. That's and the it's opposite. Just like, it's the opposite. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you're going through mad different shit. You got people calling you like, yo, can I borrow 300? I used to change your diapers. And I'm like, <laughs> she used to change my diapers. I don't remember you shit. Yeah. By nature of me you being know? a baby at that time, I do not yeah, remember. I do not you. remember, but okay, cool. Like it's just, it's you know, funny. you're dealing with all type of stuff, so. Holy fuck. Um, okay, I hate to do it, but I got to hit you with the iconic quote. I introduced you to Sean Kingston. Does that does that trigger a little bit of PTSD right there when you hear that? The soldier quote when he was saying that to uh, to Quavo. The Quavo. I mean, that was like so that that was just such a viral thing for him to say. Like in that moment, like having this whole conversation with you, I can see why that actually was a very relevant thing for him to say at that yeah. time. But I think to a lot of people, it was like, why the fuck is he bragging about introducing him to Sean Kingston? This is a strange thing for him to say in this moment. Shout out to me, goes man. He definitely did introduce me to them boys though. Mm. Um, I know, like I introduced him to Travis Scott. I introduced Soldier to Travis Scott because Travis Scott was basically, you know, staying with me at my house. Um, and I basically, you know, believed in Travis from like when he was a producer with Kanye. He didn't even have no music out like that. It was still mm. early, you know? Wow. And um, him and his manager, David, um, was always, you know, at my spot. So I introduced and Soldier to come over there to record. So one day he brought Migos over. Cause he was having every all mm-hmm. the big artists around that time. He had famous decks around. Yep. He had Migos around. He so, had Soldiers like one of these A and R type dudes. So, that if he had been signing artists right back oh my then, God, he would have the biggest label ever. He would be on top of yeah, the fucking world, uh, yeah, bro. Facts. Like it was, it was, it was crazy. crazy. You mm-hmm. know. So he was bringing uh, Migos over, and I had and I had Travis Scott at the crib, and um, when they came, when they both linked up, everybody was vibing, and that's when. They made Sloppy Toppy, mm. um, the Migos and Travis. So a lot of people don't even know how Sloppy Toppy was made, but that's how it was made. It was made because I Soldier brought Migos over, and I had Travis already over there. So we basically let them introduce, you know what I'm saying? And mm. they did their thing. And, yeah. Mm. Were there any girls around? Was there any actual Sloppy Toppy happening? <laughs> Sorry if that's TMR. Uh, but, no, 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 no. I don't think it was Sloppy No, 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 no. Just going off memories. Yeah, okay. The night before. <laughs> I feel you. Um, okay, so you you said shout out to Migos. I assume that you at some point squashed the beef with them or put put all that situation yeah, been, to bed. Yeah, that shit been over with, man. Like okay. I say, um, you know, a lot of stuff niggas was just really acting out on just being young, man, and mm-hmm. not really understanding. Like nigga, like you feel me? Just a lot of stuff you got to kind of just, I don't, you know, analyze it and be like, yo, does this really need my energy? Does this kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stuff we was doing, we was just really young, you know. Um, Migos ended up. You know, having a phone conversation with me, mm-hmm. and that's that's been squashed. You know, okay. and I respect everything they been got going on, and you know what I'm saying still do. That's you know, dope. they worked ethic. They always, you know, they all good guys, especially you know, uh, Offset and Takeoff. Those those was like my, my, you know, my brothers' brothers. Like we used to talk every day. So ain't nothing but you know, like 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 I said, once you get older, you focusing on the money. You focusing on getting it right. You know, bringing back feel good music. Let my fans like. All that beef stuff and that negative vibes, we passed that. Mm. We didn't even really, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, when you even think about that era in time of, of Soldier and Migos beefing and, and you being sort of wrapped up in stuff, when you think about, like, where Migos are at right now, it's, it's kind of hard to imagine them being involved in some shit like that now. It just kind of seems sort of childish in comparison Facts. to grown-ass men trying Facts. to make money out of this Facts. shit, you know? Yep. 
Yeah. Facts. Um, okay, there was a, a thing about you starting a, a boxing league. Is that still uh, a possibility? I was some investors was trying to do it with me, mm. and uh, we, we were trying to get it done. But some licenses issue came in bar, so okay. But um, yeah, because YK Osiris was trying to they was trying to fight he, everybody. He was yeah. boxing little TJ. Right, like, that was at my house. Oh right, yeah. The house that I'm at now, the house that I bought in the valley. And when they when they was about to do it on the basketball court, when they was about to fight, I'm like, yo, baby, I got I got. Uh, it's too much celebrity trying to box, but ain't nothing really set up. Like right. you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I want to be the first one to you know just me having my business mind and. So we spoke to some investors and we were trying to put it together, but it never really came out the way we wanted it to. <laughs> so mm. we like, yeah. it's too bad because when you look at like what's going on with these YouTuber boxing matches and the TikTokers and everything, I always think back. I was just talking about Vlad uh, about this with Vlad the other day that if that Soldier Boy and Chris Brown fight had actually happened, I think that that would have been the entry point of all these rappers realizing, like, oh, I can make millions off of doing a boxing match. That's crazy. The problem, I think, is that these YouTubers have, like, less to lose. And in hip-hop, if you get your ass beat, it's kind of hard to imagine the career necessarily being as strong <laughs> after facts, that. There's facts. so much ego involved, involved you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Were you ever thinking of actually boxing somebody, or you just wanted to be the Don King of the situation? The Don King. Yeah. Yeah, I ain't getting, getting all sweaty and shit. <laughs> I'll take the check from it, though. But <laughs> yeah. But you are a big-ass dude, bro. When was the last time you beat somebody's ass? Oh, yeah, be I, ain't real, lie. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. <laughs> One thing about it for sure, my hands work. You feel yeah, me? Like they I, work. I'm from, I'm from. You gotta think about it. I'm from Kingston. Mm. Like, you know, like and people forget that. Like I was, I literally was raised in Kingston, Jamaica. So there's a lot of stuff going on. I don't, I don't see dudes' heads get chopped over a parking space. I don't see all type of stuff. Like, chopped? Yes. Like off? Like hanging? Like like yeah, basically almost off. Holy fuck! Yeah, it's all type of stuff. How often do you go back? I got a house there. Okay. I go back. Last time I went was was right before Corona. So right. it's been like a year and some change. But I'll, I'm always there. You Every must be year. like a fucking god out there. How's that? <laughs> hey, I'm For the real. ambassador. Yeah. I'm one of the ambassadors. Right, because there's, like, I mean, who's the other, like, massive stars? Usain Bolt. Okay, yes. But musically, like, like I mean. Uh, me, Sean Paul. I mean, of course, you got the legend vibes cartel and some of the ones that's. Damian Marley. Damian Marley. Mm. And, you know, that's really growing in. But then, like, the international scene, I would say Sean Paul, Sean Kingston. Right. Um, Coffee right now. Yeah. Damn, that's I mean, they go hard for their people though, huh? Facts. Like that, you feel yeah, just man, that vibe. Cop, big up. They're super proud of you when you're out there and stuff. That must be a crazy feeling. Yes, sir, ski. <laughs> I watched a fucking documentary about Bob Marley, and I mean, you know, a lot of us like whitewashed fucking people. We just listen to music, and we're like, the music's great. His career was a fucking war. Like the story of saw, his career is insane. I, I told you about that documentary. That documentary is legendary. It should win an, it should win an award, bro. It's crazy. The craziest shit about it is I never knew that, like, political parties would necessarily be, like, completely wrapped in with gangs. Like, that element of it was, was. kind of mind-blowing for me. That assassination scene where they showed, like, how he was going to try to assassinate him while he was in the studio. Yeah. Crazy. Madness. Rest in peace. Um, okay, so this, this album, though, I, I saw you have G Herbo on, on the first single. Is that accurate? Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 definitely. It's called Darkest Times, uh -huh. and it's it's coming. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm definitely like we 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 damn near like real close from it. So mm. I'm excited. Then um, like I said, I got a lot of people on the album. The album is called Deliverance. Darkest Times is really like we just warming them up. That's just like a setup record. Right. You know what I mean, I only really call it my first single. It is because the first one coming, but we just laying the tracks with that one. But the song is out of here though. 
Definitely. Like it's, it's a smash, though. What would you say that you were inspired by in terms of, like, newer shit that's out or just, like, what, what sort of made you want to go? I, I listen to everything, bro. You'd mm. be surprised. Like, I listen to everything, like, from Nardo Wick to the new the new Nardo Wick to to to, to Brett Fiaz to mm. Giveon to shit, Lauren Hill sometimes taking it back, miseducation days. I listen to everything, bro. Mm. Everything. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, does it feel like an exciting time in your life? Like man, you're I'm very excited, ready to be Adam, back I'm ready. and do this? Let's do this, man. I can't wait. I'm excited. The fans, y'all get ready. Deliverance is coming, man. Um, first single, Darkest Times. After that, we coming with another one three weeks. So get ready. The ride is here. We 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 off we off to the races. Definitely. Well, I'm 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 excited. I mean, it's good to see you just in such a positive place and ready to do it. It's kind of a it's a little depressing when you look at the the Sean Kingston's uh, Spotify and you're like, damn, this dude ain't dropped a project in mad long. Like, I mean, and I got 13 million monthly listeners. That's crazy. That is crazy. 13 million monthly listeners, and I ain't put out no music in four or five years. Like, that's crazy. Wow. So, get ready. We on the way. That is crazy. I mean, yeah, that's got to be a wild feeling to really feel like you could you could man, take that much you, time off and I have that ask, strong of a connection. You, I got to ask you, man, where are the girls at? Man, you be having a lot of girls around you, man. Um, mostly they're con- controlled by my girlfriend. Okay. Uh, I kind of leave a lot of that up like, to this her. Dude, this, dude is like, this, dude, this dude is like a real pimp, man. Like I be seeing all type of girls around Adam. Like I know he got his relationship, but his girls definitely bring other girls I, around. I, I'm just I, like, yo, you, you must have the best Instagram situation. Page. Ever like? Let me tell you, Sean. If the music <laughs> thing don't work out, there's a lot of money on OnlyFans. Yep. So uh, you know, if you're trying to get in the game, I think it could be <laughs> it could be very profitable for you. I don't know. It's just just gonna throw it out there. Uh, yeah, but you know, she holds it down. Man. It's a fuck, nice. it's a fucked up new world we're in, where uh, you know, a, a OnlyFans girl is kind of beating the fuck out of you know like when i think about like the the dating scene pre only fans mm-hmm. where it was like even the most successful like model or whatever was not really touching the rapper it, financially yeah. now these girls are in their house with their iphone and they're making so much, much money more, that they're it, more money than rappers kind a of, lot yeah. of them yeah wow it's a wild time we live in wow crazy you gotta find yourself an only fans girl you single <laughs> i'm single man single single and and Planning on staying couple, single? I got a couple vibes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple vibes. You know, I'm a silent sniper, so mm. yeah, a couple vibes, but I'm definitely single. I'm, I'm on the music vibe right now. It's a smart guy keeping it close to his chest. Mm. Respect. Um, I appreciate you guys coming through for sure. Hey, thank you guys, man. The legend Adam, you know, shout out No Jumper. I'm a huge fan of the show. Appreciate it's that, a man. blessing. We here. Thank you so much. My brother. My guy. Appreciate you, Thank you, bro. Sean Kingston, No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, comment, subscribe, nojumper.com if you want to support. And we will check out your music live on stream Friday. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Yes, sir.